The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for your best legal defense with your host, Lonnie McDowell. This could be the most important hour of your entire week. Our program discusses the criminal defense and legal system and what it can mean to you. Lonnie and his guest experts will discuss cases that are groundbreaking and important to today's law and court system, from arrest to bail. We know you have questions about the law, and we're here to answer those too. Now, here's trial attorney and host, Lonnie McDowell. Good morning, and welcome to our new show, Your Best Legal Defense. Uh, The show is going to focus on the criminal justice system. Uh, It's a little bit different than your normal legal show that's out there, which, you know, deals with a lot of tenant and landlord issues, civil issues. This show is going to focus specifically on the criminal justice system. Um, There's a lot of misconceptions about the criminal justice system uh, that I find when talking to my clients. Uh, A lot of people get most of their ideas of how the criminal justice system works from TV, shows like Law & Order, CSI. And the reality is those are myths and great TV, but not really how the system works. So we're going to try to focus on uh, questions and how the uh, legal justice system really does work. Uh, Today, uh, I want to welcome my guest, James Allard. Uh, He's a noted uh, private investigator. He's my main investigator on uh, most of the cases that I do here in Los Angeles. Um, He started his law enforcement career with the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Uh, He was with the Huntington Beach Police Department. And he's worked hundreds of cases, a variety of criminal and civil investigations. Um, During James's law enforcement career, uh, he's managed uh, hundreds of investigations, including uh, targeting career criminals, narcotics investigations, uh, stalkers, street and bank robberies. He's also worked for the FBI and the U.S. Marshals Service. So, James, uh, I'd like to welcome you. Well, good morning, Lonnie. Oh, thanks. Good morning. Uh, I think one of the first things I wanted to discuss um, It's a question I get probably once or twice a week from uh, potential clients calling in, and it has to do with Miranda. I think there's a lot of misconception uh, propagated by television out there. Um, I think most people know they can probably recite their Miranda rights. You have the right to remain silent. Uh, Anything you say can be used against you. Uh, you have a right to an attorney, but most people don't understand exactly how that works. Um, you know, shows like, you know, again, CSI, Law and Order, uh, Hawaii Five O. You know, the minute they slap those cuffs on, you know, they're reading your rights, and that's where a lot of I think confusion comes in, especially for some of my potential clients. Um, like I said, I get one or two calls a week where the client will. Uh, ask, you know, hey, you know, I got arrested for whatever, Um, you know, they put me in handcuffs, put me in the back of the police car, took me down to the station, photographed me, fingerprinted me, put me in a cell, you know, but they never read me my rights. So we can get this case, you know, dismissed. 
Uh, right? And generally the answer is no. <laughs> and why is that, Jim? Well, it's a misconception. Like you said, a lot of people have these ideas and they get most of their ideas from TV. The, the deal is, is when you have, when you're arrested, the, the, the time that Miranda's applicable is when you're arrested and there's questioning. So you have to have those two prongs. You're, you've been arrested or you're handcuffed more than a detention and then they start questioning you about that situation. So I can go down the street, I, I make contact with you as a police officer, and I find out you have a warrant or you have a little bit of drugs on you. I can just handcuff you, let you know you've been arrested, take you down to the station, and book you. There's nothing wrong with that because I haven't asked you any specific questions. If I ask you questions, that's when I need to ask you, or read you your Miranda rights. And that's more than just uh, your basic uh, ID questions, your name, where you where you are. Those questions are allowed you know, without right. Miranda. And again, we can I can give you some examples. If you're if you're in a car stop, you're driving your car, and and they see that your tail lights out, um, they pull you over. Now the officer has a right and to ask you and your passengers out of the car. They can ask you to remain in the car. Those are things that people always get a little confused on, but. Once they get you out, and if they, they more than likely will uh, have you sit on the curb, but now if they handcuff you, and then they start asking direct questions, what's that inside your car, what's this, go- where, where, what, you know, I know that you have drugs in there, I know you have a gun, etc. those are actual questions that can be used against you. So you've been detained and arrested, basically, when you have the handcuffs on, it's a little bit more than the detention, and now they're asking you questions, so they should be reading you. Miranda. Right. And that uh, goes for any type of uh, interaction with, with the police, whether it's a car stop, uh, they're coming to your house, you're a pedestrian, however that contact is initiated. Right. Now, police officers can come up and talk to you on the street and just start asking you questions, but you're under no obligation to, to answer any questions. Now, if they say, hey, I need to talk to you for a specific reason, then you're, it's called a detention. So there's, there's slight differences on when you feel that you've been arrested, detained, and all that stuff. So it's a subtle thing there, but they can ask you certain questions. If they're asking you more than who you are, where you're, where you're coming from, and where you're going to, then there may be an issue. Okay. And uh, there's a, a thing called, uh, we, uh, you know, career law called the Terry stop, uh, which allows an officer to basically approach you, stop you, ask you some questions uh, for a limited purpose. Um, and even if they feel that uh, you may present some type of danger, can pat you down, correct? Correct. If they, if they can articulate, and that's the big key there, I have to be able to articulate why I believe that there's, there's a weapon or something on you. Now, when I start to pat you down and I feel a hard object, and with my training and experience, I realize <laughs> that that's going to be either a container or something that you can normally can store drugs, it's a weapon, or something similar or an unknown object, then I can say, okay, this is my reason why I'm able to do that. I see your clothing, etc. Okay. Uh, on this vein, uh, I think there's a lot of confusion also, at least I get from some of my potential clients, is a DUI stop. And I think those are a little bit different um, as it pertains to Miranda. Uh, I mean, the laws are still the same and applicable here, but it generally seems that a DUI stop goes a little further in their investigation process before they really have to uh, Mirandize you. Uh, 
and what I'm getting at here is basically asking you to do the field sobriety tests. Yes. Um, so how does that work with Miranda? Well, once the officer makes a, a stop and he gets you out and, and he's going to have you perform the field sobriety test, the FSTs is what they're called, and, or going to give you the breathalyzer, they're, they're going to ask you questions. Where are you from? These are medical questions, and it's actually been determined by law that it's okay for them to ask those particular questions. And normally it's going to be on a card that the officers have, or it's going to be on their sheet of paper. And again, it's, you know, when's the last time you went to sleep? Um, are you taking any medication? Are you a diabetic? Those are types of questions that they'll ask. And those are, see, that that would be more than a regular, I just stopped you on the street thing. Right. So those questions are allowed. And it's all the way through MAD, and, and that's how that has come up. Okay. Um, and those don't violate Miranda. Those do not. Okay. And basically, um, at least for, for law enforcement and, and for attorneys, we kind of judge this on when the client feels that they're free to go. Is They don't have to be in handcuffs to be arrested, correct? Right. If, you, if you're being detained, okay, say he, the police officer stops you while you're walking, and he asks you those initial questions, where you come from, where you're going, where you live, and you go, and you answer those, and you go, thanks, i got to go now because I, I, I want to go meet my friend. And he goes, no, no, I need you to stay because I have some additional questions. Now he's changed this from a, a consensual encounter to a detention, and now he has to have articulable reasons why. Again, it could be anything. It could be he saw... Uh, track marks on your uh, arms. It could be that you have a bulge in your in your pocket. He's maybe already run you with the information he gave and find out that you have a warrant. So those are all the things that they'll do. Okay. And at that point, Miranda should attach. Once they start asking you questions, yes, specifically about the crime. Or, for instance, if it's a warrant and I start asking, hey, you got a warrant here for robbery. What What is it that, uh, what did you rob? <laughs> you know, and, and people ask, well, I, I didn't really rob anything. But see, the big key on, on this is not to get engaged the police officer in a conversation. What's the police officer's job? To engage you in a conversation. Why? Because now you're going to tell me all kinds of things that I didn't already know. And you're going to give me more reason to continue this detention. Right. And, and that's uh, one of the reasons why you have the right to remain silent. And, and as I tell uh, a lot of my potential clients is, you should use it. Um, so a quick story is, is I had a, a relatively well-known character actor, um, played cop on several TV shows, uh, guest parts and things, but must have did that Miranda warning a hundred times in his career, saying, you know, you have the right to remain silent, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing he does when he gets stopped is starts trying to speak to the officer. And what I've noticed with a, a lot of my uh, potential clients is, is they think they're doing themselves good by trying to explain it to the officer, thinking they're going to, you know, understand and help them out, where the officer isn't there really to be their friend. They're there to gain information. That's their job. And, you know, most people end up giving more information than they should, which a lot of times it makes their situation worse. Oh, absolutely. And again, you got to remember, it is their job. We go to the station, we get dressed, we get in the car, we go through a briefing, and then, you know, there's that 
competition you have with your, your fellow officers. How many arrests did you make this week? Oh, I've only made two. Wow, you haven't been doing anything. So, you know, it's that type of thing. So they're going to hone their skills in being able to speak with you. Because, again, just like you said, the more you talk, the more you're digging yourself in a hole. Nothing good comes from that. Right. Yeah. So uh, just an aside here. So is there actually a quota <clears throat> within the uh, uh, law enforcement? No, there's not a quota. But you got to remember each and every department's different and has its own personality. So it's, it's more of anything. It's more of... Um, a, a little competition you'll have amongst yourselves is, you know, some people, you got to remember, most police officers are type A people. So right. they're highly aggressive. They're <laughs> highly motivated. <laughs> so they're going to be doing stuff like that. But they're going to be talking with their friends because, again, it's just you work with somebody. They're on the same shift, the same thing. You're, they're back, you're, you're following them up all the time. They're following you up on your calls. So it's, it's all of that, just the little conversations that you have with with each other so there's no quota okay uh per se but you do have a friendly rivalry with your uh, fellow officers yeah mo- i think most departments have that sure okay of course well i want to get into uh first encounters with the police uh but we're going to take a a quick break uh and uh, when we come back i want to ask you about the things that you should and maybe shouldn't say during that first encounter Okay, Okay. perfect. Great. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Have you been arrested? Is someone you love in a legal jam? Don't get advice from just anyone. Call the criminal defense experts at McDowell & Associates. Attorneys. McDowell & Associates has over 20 years of legal experience. The National Trial Lawyers Association named us one of the top 100 California criminal defense trial attorneys for two years in a row. We know that sometimes good people just make bad mistakes. We know the system and we know how to fight for you. We know what the prosecutors will do, we know their weaknesses, and we'll do everything at our disposal to get you the best possible outcome. Your case will receive the personalized attention it deserves. McDowell & Associates, attorneys, has the experience and the skill to make sure you or the ones you love receive the best legal defense and strategy. Call 213-401-2322 or visit McDowellDefense.com. That's 213-401-2322 or mcdowelldefense.com. Se habla espanol. When your future is on the line, your future is our business. Call us at 213-401-2322. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is your best legal defense with Lonnie McDowell. 
If you have a question for the host or guest, we're ready to take your call at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Be sure to tell the screener if you need to remain anonymous with your question. You may also send an email to radio show at mcdowelldefense.com. Now, back to the show. Oh, welcome back. I'm here with my uh, guest, uh, noted private investigator James Allard of Strong Arm Investigations, and we're talking about uh, encounters with the police, especially first encounters in Miranda, and I wanted to ask you uh, some of the do's and don'ts of uh, your first encounter with the police. I mean, obviously, I think uh, the first thing is, is don't, uh, this isn't the time when you've been pulled over to offer him a donut, even if you have a box of Krispy Kremes right there on the seat, but uh, what other information, you know, advice do you have? Well, I would agree with that, Ronnie. If you're offering donuts right off the bat, you may be putting yourself in a bad situation. <laughs> um, well, it, I'm going to go with a car stop because that's probably how you're going to be meeting most police officers because just so you know that the, the vehicle code is bigger than the Bible. There are right. so many things that you can do, and a, a good officer is going to read all those things and understand that you, you're making a right-hand turn. You have to actually stay to the right as close as you can to the curb. Most people, you know, go out to that lane there. That's a violation. That's just one of many thousands of violations that you can do. So they stop you. So what's one of the things that you can do to prepare yourself? Okay, one is not panic. Don't get all afraid because now I'm going to be thinking as a police officer when I walk up there, why are you so afraid? We understand that some people are going to be a little bit uh, uneasy because it's not fun to be stopped by the policeman because you don't want to get a ticket. But is you have your license, registration, and proof of insurance ready, what's that do? It prevents the officer from actually having a reason to go inside your car, besides having a gun on your front seat, okay? <laughs> Safety tip there. You don't want to have a gun on your front seat. Nothing good comes from that either. So you have, you have those things ready, and, then when, and, and you have your hands on the steering wheel this way, because when the officer's there, he's looking at your hands. So now that when he comes up, he or she comes up and they ask you for your license registration, you go, here it is. Then they'll tell you what they stopped you for. The, 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 the key also is not to go, what did you stop me for? Okay. <laughs> if you're, if you're, and you have a right to ask and, and they're going to tell you, um, but you can say, oh, by the way, uh, what did I do wrong? It, it, just all in your presentation. So again, if you're automatically right off the bat jumping down the police officer's uh, throat stand by for just the minimum of getting a ticket okay right and and I, I've had discussions with 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 clients over the years and it's you know even if you feel that the officer is targeting you you're being harassed it's you know driving while black whatever be courteous be polite because the more agitated you get the more he's just going to go after you. And, and we, we see that a lot. Well, and, and it's actually beginning to be used against you because the police right. officer takes notes either on the back of the citation about his encounter with you, writes a report, or it's being recorded now because a lot of things are being recorded. So even if he's in the wrong and you're out of control, a lot of, you got to understand, and Lonnie, you know this, that the court system it's always erring on the benefit of the police officer, okay? So they can do lots of things that may not be just absolutely 100% right, and they're going to allow those types of things. So, again, on the first encounter, 
just give them your license registration, be polite, don't go into some big, huge conversation that you've been all bent up and, and apparently your window's been rolled up and you finally got to roll it down and now you're able to start talking to somebody. The policeman is not the person you want to just have that conversation with. Right. Well, your conversation uh, just now uh, led me to a couple of questions. Uh, one, you said, you know, roll your window down, give them your license and registration. Do you have to roll your window down? Well, and, and the reason I ask that is, is on the internet, and I've seen this, and according to Florida law, I guess this is okay, they now have this little um, pre-printed sign that says, I do not wish to have any encounter with the police, here's my copy of my registration and license, and they actually hold it up to the passenger's, or to the driver's side window. Okay, well, that's fine and dandy, but the, the thing is, is the officer is not obligated to sit there and try and copy that down. I think there's going to be some issues with that. Right. So if you want to keep your window up, crack it and hand it through them through the crack, that's fine. But they need to be able to hold this so that they can verify the information and they can see that it's a legitimate license, it's a legitimate paperwork. So that's where I think Florida is going to run into a little issue with people sticking. I've seen that myself where they put the, the, the their driver's license registration on the window. Uh, I'm sorry. There's so many people that can fabricate everything. Right. So the officer should be able to have that, hold it in their hand, and then they'll run. And then you'll get the full city service, honestly, is <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, what you're going to get for that, is I'm going to make sure that everything on your car is functioning. Exactly. Um, you're definitely going to get the citation if that's it, and I'm going to run you and see what kind of history you have, et cetera, in order to take you um, to jail. But do they have a the officer have a right to make you put down your window all the way? No, no. Okay. Now they can ask you to step out. Right. There's not a problem with them asking you to step out. So if I ask you to step out and you have it in your hand, that's another way to, to get it. So, I mean, there's lots of different things that, that, that can happen. So, again, trying to do that stuff, you just really are putting yourself behind the eight ball there. Right. And that's what I tell my clients. That, you know, it's not a good idea. Um, you know, because all you're doing is, is antagonizing the officer. And as you said, the, the vehicle code is so vast. It's one of the largest books on my shelves. Um, they're going to find something. Yes. Um, the other thing, and I uh, advise my clients with this, is when you're stopped and the officer comes up to the window, roll it down, he asks your license and registration, I always, and see if this is a good idea, but I tell my clients if their registration is, say, in their glove compartment or center console or wherever, um, to tell the officer that they're reaching over to get this so that the officer knows that they're not reaching for something else. Yes, you never want to make any, they call it furtive movement, quick movement, any type of movement, because like I said, the officer is there. You got to remember when they're, when they're, when we're trained in the academy and in, even when they're training on the streets there, we're shown over and over all the different ways that people can kill you. Okay. So <laughs> it's just, it's out of the trunk. They're hiding underneath the car. They're under, in between seats, you know, just all kinds of different things. So my suggestion would be not to keep it there because once you get stopped is you have all those things there, not your license, but it's going to be in your wallet or your purse, but your registration and proof of insurance in one little folder. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and you can keep it in your center console or glove box, but once you're getting stopped, go ahead and start pulling that out. Okay. Now you have that. And, and then you have your and start working on getting your license as long as you can do it fairly quick because now here, here's the, the subtleties. If I see you moving around in the car, I'm thinking you're hiding something. 
So just have it ready close to you, again, as, as close as you can to, to having it all together in one place so it's quick and easy just to hand it to, to the officer. Okay, and since I keep actually my registration in the trunk in the little book that came with the car, that's probably the best place for it, huh? No, because every place that that's at, the officer has a right to go search it. So, if you keep your your registration in in the um, center console and your um, proof of insurance in a trunk, you just gave me your center console and your trunk. So, if you have any contraband in there, thank you. Well, okay. On that, if if I keep my let's say license and registration, or just my registration in my center console, if I open it and give it to you, do you still have the right to search the console? Well, if I have the paperwork, no. But if I can say articulate and say I saw what appeared to be a container okay. of this or that uh, prescription drugs, I didn't. I wanted to verify that it, it it's you know to a prescription drug for that person, etc. Just keep everything closed, hand them the, the necessary paperwork. Then they don't really have. A right to go back inside there because they have the paperwork. Right. Okay. So, so you're uh, basing that on a clearly visible clarify. Yes. Okay. Um, what do you have um, the right to not, or when do you have the right not to talk to an officer, or you know, um, do you have to answer their questions? Well, again, questions pertaining, depending on what it is. If it's a car stop. What do they need? They just need the license, registration, and proof of insurance. Doesn't matter. You, you don't have to talk to them anymore. Thank you, your thank you, officer, and you and he'll tell you he or she will tell you to sign that citation, and that's it. And they exchange. What's the court date? You can ask if you want, but it's always at the bottom. You know, just take it. Don't even worry about it. And again, if you feel that you've been wrong somehow, my suggestion is be polite, and then you can drive down to the station and make your complaint. Okay. So anything. Uh, other than the questions pertaining to license registration, and we're, again, now we're talking about car stops. I think after the break, which you know, we're going to take in a, in a minute or two, uh, we'll talk about other types of uh, you know, uh, encounters, pedestrian, house, and, and what's uh, going on there. But with a car stop, you know, that's basically all you have to answer. If they want to ask you, you know, where you want, were, how many drinks you had, especially in like a DUI stop, and even the FSTs, those are voluntary, correct? Well, no, those are part of the questions that they ask. Right. Those are the questions that are on that form, and, and they're going to go ahead and, and, and ask those questions. How many drinks? When's the last time you had a drink? Are you feeling the effects of those drinks? Those are all standardized questions that they're allowed to ask. Can I ask you if you're on probation or parole? Yes, I can ask that. If you're on probation or parole, you may have a you, you have to tell the officer that, but that's why I'm going to ask you that. Right. Okay. So there's certain things, but beyond that, doesn't matter. Do you dye your hair? I don't know. You know that type of thing. So again, I'm going to try and strike up a conversation to keep you talking. Right. And and that's the whole whole thing is you want people to keep talking yes. because they're generally going to tell you more, and whatever they tell you can be used again, Miranda. Whatever you say can be used against you, and that's even before the the detention. Anything that you say, right? Do you have any Do you have any drugs in your car? That's a question, right? So you're looking at me. Uh, no. Do you mind if I search? No, I do not. Be Be clear. I do not want you to search my car. Here is my information. Okay, right. and that's also on Miranda. We'll talk about that. Right, and and searching. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people. Um, think that, oh, if I give the officer 
uh, you know, permission to search, he won't search and he won't find anything. And I think that's a big misconception. Have you found that? Uh, at any time, if I ask you if, if I can search and you say yes, guess what's going to happen? It's going to get, you're going to get searched and it's going to get searched a ton. Now, can you revoke your searching? <coughs> yes. Right. And, you know, I want to actually go into, uh, in greater detail, uh, consent to search and, you know, what the officers actually have, uh, the right to search and when uh, and what, uh, you know, precipitates it being able to search. Uh, they have to have you know, uh, reasonable suspicion or, and things as a standard. So we're going to take another break, and when we come back, let's talk about uh, search and seizure. Okay. All right. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in each week for Monica Phillips and powerful conversations. This is a thought provoking show for business people, leaders, and entrepreneurs. We'll feature today's thought leaders and industry trendsetters from across several locations and industries. Give yourself permission to be inspired and live a fulfilling life. Be sure to listen to Powerful Conversations, live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you been arrested? Is someone you love in a legal jam? Don't get advice from just anyone. Call the criminal defense experts at McDowell & Associates. Attorneys. McDowell & Associates has over 20 years of legal experience. The National Trial Lawyers Association named us one of the top 100 California criminal defense trial attorneys for two years in a row. We know that sometimes good people just make bad mistakes. We know the system, and we know how to fight for you. We know what the prosecutors will do, we know their weaknesses, and we'll do everything at our disposal to get you the best possible outcome. Your case will receive the personalized attention it deserves. McDowell and Associates, attorneys, has the experience and the skill to make sure you or the ones you love receive the best legal defense and strategy. Call 213-401-2322 or visit mcdowelldefense.com. That's 213-401-2322 or mcdowelldefense.com. Se habla espanol. When your future is on the line, your future is our business. Call us at 213-401-2322. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. This is your best legal defense with Lonnie McDowell. If you have a question for the host or guest, we're ready to take your call at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Be sure to tell the screener if you need to remain anonymous with your question. You may also send an email to radioshow at mcdowelldefense.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. We're uh, again back here with uh, private investigator James Allard. And just before the commercial break, we were uh, talking about search. Uh, and I wanted to get a little bit more into that. When can an officer uh, actually ask to search your car? Uh, what uh, 
to deal with consent, uh, the scope of consent, when it can be revoked, and when an officer doesn't really need your permission to search. Well, if you again, if you give the officer permission, he can search, right? Because okay? you're, you're you're allowing that person to search. Uh, once they start searching, and if they find something, now you don't get to revoke <laughs> your 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 consent because they have now have probable cause to continue the search. So here, here that's the, the big issue is don't allow it, um, even if you don't have anything in there, because you don't know who may have been in your car. Right. And there would be all kinds of things. And, and let me tell you, there, I've encountered a ton of things. I've had people come out and, yeah, you can search me. You pat them down and they have a baggie of dope. Uh, these aren't my pants. <laughs> okay. So you're like, okay, how did you get those pants that you're currently wearing? Okay, and then they go, well, I, I borrowed them from a friend, and they start making up stuff. Really, you, and how long have you had the pants? So you just keep going on, and, and they're going to keep talking to you, and and that's how, you know, giving consent is not a good thing. Now, officers outside your car, and you just did what we told you to do, and that's hand them your license, registration, proof of insurance. But like I said, and I was being a little facetious, but sometimes you do see people, the craziest things will have guns or other dope. Uh, things sitting right there in plain view. So when the officer is looking through your car, he, he's allowed to look through the windows. If he sees something that's illegal, now he has, he or she has the right to get in there and retrieve that, that evidence. Right. Now, I, I think uh, besides um, the misconception by some of my potential clients that, well, I didn't think he would search if I told the officer he could search because I thought he would think I didn't have anything. I think the other big misconception is uh, that I get is, well, I gave it to him because he was going to search anyway. And that always becomes problematic because an officer needs probable cause to actually search. And denying a search does not give him probable cause, correct? That is correct. Okay. So, Again, he, needs to ar- he or she needs to articulate why they're going inside your car if you've already given them. If you don't, if you, if I come up and I say I need your license registration, you only have me your license. Now I have you step out of the car. Guess what? I have your center console. I have your glove box and all the surrounding areas there to search for those items. So that's why I suggest that you keep it all together so that now there's no reason for them to go back in there. Like I said, there's a ton of reasons to get in your car, to get in on, search your clothing and all these things. So the, the key is to be cooperative. Give them what they ask for and don't, don't need to speak that much more. Okay. So if the officer says, you know, I can, do you mind if I search your car or your house or, you know, your whatever, um, and you say, you know, I think the best advice is to say, you know, I choose to decline. Uh, no works, but yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you can be wordy. nice and all that stuff, but yeah, no, I don't. But again, I want you to be particular in what you say, and that is, no, I don't want you to search. Okay. And you said uh, about revoking. Um, now, obviously, if they've already found something, then, then they have probable cause to continue the search. But if you give consent, I can then say, you know what, I no longer want you to search. Yeah, but here we go. I didn't hear you. Um, <laughs> I didn't understand what you were saying. I wasn't paying attention. All these different things. Just don't give them permission. There's no reason to revoke permission because you haven't given them permission in the first place. So, like I said, nothing good comes from that. If you allow me inside your car and if there's anything inside there or on your person, 
I'm going to get it. I'm going to find it. Okay. Well, I see we have a caller on the line. Uh, so let's take a call and uh, see what the <laughs> see what trouble we can get into. Okay, go ahead. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. Yes. Yeah, I I have a question for the private investigator. Um, okay. Here's basically oh, what yes. happened. Let me explain. I, I took a plea um, for a felony with, uh, I guess it's called a no contact order. I'm not, not really good at my, I know I was arrested, but um, now I believe that the evidence, I think there's new evidence, and I wanted to hire a private investigator, but everybody I know keeps telling me that hiring, you know, somebody like that to conduct interviews with, uh, you know, the other people, that it could be breaking my no contact order. Is that true? Well, it just all depends. Are, is it a criminal order? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so as a criminal order, as a, an investigator, if I'm working with an attorney, you, you, the attorney and I have a right to interview those people to confirm or find out if the story that they, they initially told the police is correct. So it wouldn't be unless you're purposely trying to harass them through us, through a third party. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. No, no, it wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be purposely doing it because there's. I believe there's really new evidence. So. Yeah, uh, and I get this uh, occasionally. A, a lot of times, there's no contact order when there's been an assault or harassment or a domestic violence case. And uh, I actually recently just just had a case where the alleged victim. Um, went back to court complaining that uh, I had sent Jim out to, uh, to speak with them. Um, as long as the, uh, the person uh, is actually a licensed private investigator, uh, preferably working with your attorney, um, they can go out and ask questions. Now, when they get out there, and Jim can verify this, you have to identify who you are, who you're working for, and basically give them the option to speak with you or not. If they don't want to speak with you, contact ceases, right? Yes, nobody has an obligation to speak to me and or the police just for it, just randomly talking to you. Like Again, like we're talking on the show here, if you're walking down the street, you don't really have to talk. They need to say, I need to talk to you regarding this. But same thing on the, on the case that you're you're dealing with too is mm-hmm. I would go out there I'd say hello my name is Jim Allard I'm a private investigator I've been hired by a, a, an attorney to contact you and ask you some questions regarding this case and it involves so and so and then they would say well I don't want to talk where they say oh, okay and then I would just start the conversation there's certain things we want to know the things that you think that you may know regarding that such as the new evidence but I would Get them talking, just like we're talking right now with the, the police. I start them talking about little things, you know, who I am, what I've done, and et cetera. And then I start getting into it and then asking them questions regarding your case. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Well, that answered my question. Thank you. And I feel better. So, I can okay. go on good. with this. All right. Yes. Thank you. All right. Good Great. luck. Thanks for calling in. Uh, brings up an, an interesting point. Um, you, when you, you know, when you're working on a case, have to identify yourself as working. If you're working for the defense, um, you're working for the defense, and you want to speak with them and give them the uh, option to opt out. Um, but the same thing applies to police and uh, DA investigators, correct? Oh, absolutely. You never have to talk to an investigator. Okay, say that you've given a statement, or you're even a witness. 
okay, and the police haven't talked to you, the police can knock up on your door and say, hey, I'd like to speak with you regarding this case, whatever it may be. And you go, thanks, but no thanks. You don't have to talk. Right. And and they go, well, why don't, again, the police officer's not going to just give up, you know, <laughs> just so you know. Even if you close your door, I'm going to probably still be talking. Hey, I don't understand. Why aren't you, why don't you want to talk to me? This is nothing to do with you or you're just the witness, blah, blah, blah. Why am I doing that? Because you may open that door and then I get to continue to talk. So I'm going to continue to try and do it for a little bit. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to be there and do a filibuster of that sort. <laughs> Right. And this is something that I always tell uh, when I sign up a client is to tell their family they don't have to speak to the dis- district attorney's investigators. Because a lot of times they come out, they try to talk to the family member or the, you know, their cousin or, or their friend who, who may have been at the same party or, or you know wherever the incident was, whatever it happens to be. It's best that they don't speak to them because while they may not say anything about what the officers investigating in this case, they might say something that opens up another investigation. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was just thinking of a, a story when I was a police detective. Basically, the victim came up to me and says, hey, the, the private investigator or the defense attorney's investigator came up and told me that I need to speak with them because if I commit perjury, then I'm going to go to jail. So what what is that person doing? It's kind of underhanded a little bit they're they're scaring that person in an effort to get them to to start a conversation so like i said people are going to say things you just say no and you especially if in your house just close the door you don't have to slam the door just close the door because if you again you slam it then i'm going to look at oh they have the ability to look at warrants at everybody inside your house (laughs) okay they can do all kinds of different things to find out some bad stuff and then come back and say okay you didn't want to talk to me here you go Right. And another thing that I, I always kind of uh, try to impress upon clients is they don't have to let the officer in the house unless there's actually a warrant. Uh, the best thing if someone, if an officer is coming to your door, step outside if you're going to speak with them. Because the minute you open that door, even if you don't let them in, you open up the door wide, anything in plain view is fair game. Right. And if you open the door, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to position myself so I'm inside the threshold even if you haven't invited me in, but so just doing exactly what you just said, and that's now I have vision inside, and I want to do that all again for officer safety and other things, but I'm going to have vision so I can see what's going on in there. But there's another thing. You can just talk through the screen if you wanted to. There's nothing that says you have to open up. Hey, can you, do you mind opening up the door so I can see who I'm talking to? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. That word works well. Just do it, and if they need anything, you can just tell them. Yeah, well, how do I know who it's you? Well, ask me some questions. You're here. You're assuming who I am. Right. Um, so, and you can always ask police officer for their ID too. You know, sometimes depending how you do it, because if you know if the person's in full dress uniform and you ask them for their ID, hmm, it's a little strange. But okay, here's my ID card. And, and right. now here here's the key. As a civilian, how do you know what a police ID looks like? Okay. Truly, so I right. could show you anything, and you wouldn't know. <laughs> exactly, and you know, I, but in this day and age, you know, there's people out there with police uniforms, you know, pulling people over, uh, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so it, it's never uh, comply. You know, yeah. It's basically, I think the the bottom line is is be polite, be respectful, but don't say anything. 
other than basically name, rank, and serial number. Pretty much yeah. so, yes. I, I would agree with that. And again, even if you're trying to be nice and you have nothing to hide, as you continue to talk, more things are going to happen. Right. They're going to get to a certain point if you're not talking, and they're either going to arrest you or they're going to right. move on. Okay. Well, let's continue this uh, after the break. We're going to take another short break and uh, get back right into this. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you been arrested? Is someone you love in a legal jam? Don't get advice from just anyone. Call the criminal defense experts at McDowell & Associates. Attorneys. McDowell & Associates has over 20 years of legal experience. The National Trial Lawyers Association named us one of the top 100 California criminal defense trial attorneys for two years in a row. We know that sometimes good people just make bad mistakes. We know the system, and we know how to fight for you. We know what the prosecutors will do. We know their weaknesses, and we'll do everything at our disposal to get you the best possible outcome. Your case will receive the personalized attention it deserves. McDowell & Associates, attorneys, has the experience and the skill to make sure you or the ones you love receive the best legal defense and strategy. Call 213-401-2322 or visit mcdowelldefense.com. That's 213-401-2322 or mcdowelldefense.com. Say habla espanol. When your future is on the line, your future is our business. Call us at 213-401-2322. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is your best legal defense with Lonnie McDowell. If you have a question for the host or guest, we're ready to take your call at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Be sure to tell the screener if you need to remain anonymous with your question. You may also send an email to radio show at mcdowelldefense.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. I'm uh, again here with uh, James Allard. Uh, we're talking about um, encounters with the police. And, you know, it seems this summer, uh, whether there are more um, tragic encounters uh, with police or if it's just getting more uh, media attention, um, there has been a rash of them lately. And, and I think one of the one more um, kind of uh, you know, tragic ones is uh, Sandra Bland. Uh, Bland sorry. Um, she was a woman from Texas who was stopped um, for a minor traffic 
um, violation um, and ended up in a very bad encounter with police uh, and ended up being arrested. Um, and it seemed to, to stem from her getting upset at the stop and allegedly refusing to put out a cigarette while uh, speaking with the officer. Uh, and I wanted to ask, uh, you know, to get some uh, intake from you on that, uh, you know, your thoughts uh, of the process and what went wrong. Well, again, from just a little bit that I know about the case, the person was being uncooperative. Now, you don't have to just give them everything and just be super nice. You don't have to do that. But when you're being antagonistic, what's happening now is the officers now feels that his or her authority is being challenged. Again, what I told you in the beginning, most of us are type A personality, <laughs> somewhat aggressive. I mean, you, you go through a whole testing process, uh, your background, and, and you have to have certain people because when danger is happening, where, where are the police going? They're going towards that. Most people are running away. Right. So you're going to have that type of person. But back to this, you know, the whole asking to put out a cigarette. Well, that's I'm the person here. I'm making a whole bunch of car stops. I'm encountering a lot of people. People are smoking. I'm getting all that secondhand smoke. So I'm going to ask that question. Do you mind putting out your cigarette? Now, if you say no, what am I going to do? Uh, Again, that situation, I don't know the whole thing. Again, we're seeing little bits of the video footage and that type of thing. But now my thing is she's getting full city service. I'm going to go ahead and and write that citation. Give me your license registration. I get it. I'm going to move away from that. I'm going to run the car, run her, see what's happening, see if she's on probation or parole, and then work it out from that way. Or just call her out of the car. Hi, you need to come out of the car. She refuses then you just call, they would be, normally procedure would be, you call for backup, let them know, and, and all that stuff. I'm not breaking the window and stuff, but, you know, some people do different things. Right, and, and I think, you know, it, the investigation is ongoing, um, but from what we've seen, it seems like it escalated beyond what it should have for what we know of the situation at this point. Well, yeah, there was a confrontation. Again, I only saw a, a brief portion of it, and it's the part that the media wants you to see. Um, so it's it's really hard. Uh, I can give you other cases and different things where uh, even chiefs of police have talked to me regarding a certain situation. Well, they said they were going to do this, Jim. Well, yeah, chief, I don't know if you know that. That's what we tell people all the time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> So, you know, that's that's what happens. And, and again, sometimes the police officer is being aggressive in order for you to comply. Right. Okay. So it's kind of a verbal jujitsu type thing there. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to whooshaw you a little bit by saying, hey, this is going to happen unless you comply. So again, don't be antagonistic. The key is give them the information they need. You don't have to give them anything else. Okay, and 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 that if I was in the car and I smoked, I would have said, okay, if you don't like it, here's my license registration. You can go step back there and go write the citation. Leave me alone. Right. You know. And again, if if I didn't believe that the citation should be, I, they're going to say go to court. If you go to the police station and complain about a ticket, they're going to say, well, your time to complain about that's in court. in court. Now, did the officer do anything specific? Did he break your window or do anything illegal? Then yes, the police department would want to know about that. Right. Okay. Well, that's kind of a, a heavy subject, and uh, maybe to lighten it up here at the end, you've been on the uh, 
law enforcement for 32 years, so you must have some interesting uh, encounters, uh, first encounters with the public. Can you tell us a couple of them? Well, there's no, <laughs> I mean, there's so many at my mind that just locked, but you, you said something about the summer and it's kind of hot and stuff. I remember, and, and this is what happens too, police officers are used sometimes as pawns by disgruntled boyfriend or somebody else. Right. Okay, I had a call. I get a lot of those cases. Yeah, downtown <laughs> um, where I worked, and it was that this person was g- going to commit suicide. So my partner and I go to this house, we knock on the door, and the woman answers naked. So it's like, hello, is it, <laughs> uh, uh, is it hot today? Uh, yes. Do you want to come in? Uh, no. <laughs> you know, do you mind putting on some clothes? So, I mean, people just do weird things. I've, I've made car stops uh, and, you know, I'm driving and this guy's kind of avoiding me a little bit. He's not pulling over like he's supposed to. We finally go in a, a shopping center and, uh, you know, as we come up, we always put all the lights on you and the flashlight. And so as I go up, you know, we're looking into the car and as a light goes into the car, I see that it's wearing a dress, but I thought it was a guy and... Yes, it is a guy wearing a dress. I said, okay. That's funny. Did Were we out clubbing today? <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of different things that happens out there. I mean, I, honestly, I, I can't tell you how many. I've had, you have ride-alongs. I had an elderly ride-along person that was with me, and it was amazing how many different violent situations we ran into. He finally, had, in the middle of the shift, goes, can I go home? <laughs> he didn't want any more of it. I said, I'd like to go home too. But yes, well, I, you know, take these people back. So again, people are just doing sometimes things they really shouldn't be doing when it's police. Just again, when you encounter the police, the best thing is compliance, even if you don't like what's happening. And then you can ultimately go back and complain and or get a good attorney get- such as Lonnie. To, yeah. to handle the oh, case for thanks. you. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, that's what I try to impress upon uh, you know, clients. It's comply, you know, be polite, be respectful, comply, and don't say anything. Don't volunteer information, you know, and think about what you're going to say before you say it. I mean, I, I think one of the case I had a couple years ago is stopped for tinted windows, which seems to be the big thing. It's like, oh, the front windows are too dark. Um, so it's another reason to be pulled over, and you know that's what they would have gotten the ticket for. Except the officer said, "Well, do you have anything in the car I should know about? Any drugs or weapons?" And the passenger goes, "No, I just have this little baggie of weed." It's like, okay, really? Um, and then, of course, you know, other things were found in the car. So you know, just. Keep it simple and don't volunteer any information. Right. Um, you know, it, it's it, it never it never works to your benefit because the more the officer knows about you, then they're going to go down that road. Whatever you've op- whatever door you've opened up in your conversation, they're going to just keep you talking. And eventually, probably all of us have something we shouldn't say uh, to a to a police officer. Well, Jim, I want to thank you for coming in and, and doing this first show with me. It's been great. Uh, you know, it's uh, been fun. It's been informative, and I do appreciate it. Uh, I wanted to uh, let our listeners know that uh, next week uh, our show is going to focus on uh, immigration and the consequences uh, that criminal uh, cases and convictions can have on immigration status. Our guest host will be uh, Heather Poole. She's an immigration specialist here in Los Angeles. And we're going to discuss about uh, 
how immigration and the criminal law system uh, have different uh, aspects to them, uh, such as you know, just because you don't get jail time on a case uh, doesn't mean that it can't uh, end up getting you removed. So again, I wanted to thank Jim uh, for today, and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the show, and we'll tune in next week. Thank you, you, Lonnie. Thank it was you, a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in this week to your best legal defense. Lonnie McDowell invites you to join him along with another guest expert next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend and stay safe.